In today's Live Treasured podcast, the enemy's bait of secret knowledge versus Jesus revealing truth for lasting transformation. Ready? Let's do this. amazing women out there. I want to be maybe one of the first people to say to you, happy spring. It is the beginning of spring and gosh, do I love this time of year because I love to get my uh, just hands in the earth and plant, plant, plant. And this is just the time where I really feel like It's like everything is coming to life outside and the temperatures are getting warmer. And uh, so I just wanted to wish you a happy spring. And with that, with spring, uh, it's symbolic of all of this promise of new life. And this is what Jesus promises to us inside of his word is that he's going to teach us new ways to live by his spirit. And I don't know about you, but for a long time, I lived frustrated because I saw those promises inside of the word of God about my spiritual inheritance in Christ, but I wasn't experiencing them. And so I went on this never-ending chase of ordering Christian self-help book after Christian self-help book, and I believe every single one of those authors had well-meaning behind it, but the reality was I continued to remain unchanged and on this never-ending chase of inner healing. Well, the truth of the matter is, is I didn't need to read more words. I needed God's word to reach my soul. And through changing my approach to the Word of God and through understanding what the Bible says about how lasting transformation is possible, God's Word began to take root and I started experiencing fruit. And so we've been walking through this podcast series. This is our final message today. This is uh, this is series, um, inside of this series, this is podcast number seven. And I want to close today with talking about uh, how the enemy will bait us to um, this, with this lure of secret knowledge. Because if I'm honest with you, another part of me You know, when I was walking through my traumatic experience before God broke me free from my codependency, you know, one of the things that I started doing was not only ordering Christian self-help book after Christian self-help book, but I became like this YouTube junkie. Now, I want to pause really quick and just say that I do love YouTube. I still love watching YouTube to figure out how to cook things and garden in my garden and really just to find out uh, things about my health. But I started watching things like 
TED Talks and different things like that. And may, I thought maybe, you know what, maybe the world has a better solution, right? Like maybe Jesus was just a dreamer when he was talking about how I could really experience freedom in Christ. And so I started opening myself up to trying to find uh, this, this information. And when that happens, we need to be very careful because the enemy of our soul, from the beginning of time, one of his greatest tactics is to lure us with you know, this um, opportunity to unlock the secrets of life. We all want to find leadership in our life. We want to make our way. We want to navigate through life's stormy seas, and we want to walk differently, right? I mean, that's the whole reason why some of us came to faith in Christ. It was maybe we had a crisis in our life, and we wanted to walk differently. Well, I'm here to tell you today that God's ways work 2,000%. And what I want to talk to you about today is what the enemy will feed you, and that is the lure of secret knowledge to unlock life. Now, I'm going to give you an example of this. So, um, I I also love, you know, Netflix, and uh, one of the things I love to watch on Netflix are like the documentaries about cooking, about health, that kind of thing. I saw something pop up Uh, inside of the documentary section, and it was a documentary that was based on the book called The Secret. And when I clicked on that, it was promising me all these things. It said that this book or this concept inside of this documentary, that it it was going to change my life, that it was the secret that told me that I could have anything that I wanted in life, that it would like unlock everything inside of my life. And I was interested and I I started looking at it. And you know what? They quoted scripture. They sure did. And they had documented miracles from people that had read the book and they told their stories. So they had proof. They even pulled up scientific evidence that uh, backed what they were saying. And you know what? It was popular. It was a New York Times bestseller, right? So if it's popular, probably it's working for people, right? But there was one problem with it. It was not biblical. Even though they quoted scripture, even though it was promising beneficial Uh, things for my life, the problem was that it was not biblical. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't have results. I'm not saying that. You know what? We all know in the Bible that, you know, there were uh, people that had results in their life, but it wasn't rooted in biblical truth. And we really, really, really must be on our guard for that because I believe that the enemy is behind it all. 
You see, inside that book of the secret was a subtle message that they never flat out said, but basically what they were saying is that I could have anything I wanted in my life and that I could be in control. In other words, what they were promising, now they didn't go out and say this, but what they were promising basically was that I could be like God. And even though there were results, and even though it was backed by testimony, and even though it was popular, it was not biblical. In fact, it was very deceptive because on the outside, right, with they uh, pulled up famous people, they uh, had uh, scripture uh, in, intertwined in out of the book. But God tells us to beware. In Mark 7, uh, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets, excuse me, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. And then later on down in Mark 7, in verse 21, it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, what's the point here? Oftentimes, when you and I are looking for a way to transform our lives, we are looking at the results. And we uh, come to this conclusion, if we're struggling with an area of sin in our life, we're like, well, maybe the Bible doesn't work. I'm just going to put that away. Or maybe, you know, this this life and new life in Christ, it didn't work. But here's these other avenues. Here are these people that are promising me that they have the secrets to life. Maybe it's not outside of the word of God. Maybe it's not through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the enemy is behind it all. You see, from the beginning of time, in fact, I'm going to show you the very first way that the enemy tempted tempted a man when he came to Eve through in the Garden of Eden was through that lure of secret knowledge. The lure of secret knowledge to unlock life is a basic human need the enemy uses to tempt us to live outside of God's care. Now, I want to go back to that sentence, and here's what I want you to see, is that navigating through life, learning new ways that break generational patterns, learning how not to just... uh, respond to the anxiety in our life, but to move forward. Everybody wants navigation in life, and we want to 
be better mothers and be better parents and be just better people. We want to succeed in life. We want to make a difference and we want to learn how to have wisdom to navigate through storms, right? Inside of our broken world. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with needing and wanting to be led. And oftentimes, the enemy will take that legitimate need and he will offer us an illegitimate way to meet that need. And so the need to have that lasting transformation in your life, everybody wants that. Everybody's looking for that, right? Everybody is searching. Teach me how to navigate through life. Help me unlock these secrets. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, when you experience that friction in your walk, when you continue to struggle with the sin in your life, when your marriage has turned upside down, when all the cards have fallen in your life and you don't know which way is up, all of a sudden you can start to question the ground that you're walking on beneath your feet. Does that make sense? Like, I believed in this all my life. I believed in God. I I sung these Sunday school songs growing up. Yes, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. But if God loves me, and if he's promising me in the word of God that he has given me the Holy Spirit to sanctify me, why am I not seeing it happen? And then the enemy will come to you and say to you, maybe God's holding out on you, girlfriend. Why don't you watch this this YouTube video or this TED Talk video? And let, let me tell you something. I think those videos, you know, they can be educational. They can be great. But we better watch it that it's not the enemy tempting us to live outside of God's leadership in our life. And he will use the lure. And I know I'm not saying lure correctly. If my husband listens to this, he loves to fish. He's going to have a heyday with that. But the bait of secret knowledge, that is what he is using. And like I said, it is one of the oldest temptations. In fact, it is the oldest temptation ends in the book. And when you go back to Genesis chapter three, it says this, it says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? You know, and When books like The Secret pop up and there's scripture inside of them, you know, you can just hear the enemy. Did God really say it was wrong for you to listen to books like this and, you know, look after all? I mean, it's a way to find transformation inside of your life. Verse 2. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it 
or touch it, or if you do, you will die. Now, I want to go back to a point I made earlier. Um, Eve says, of course we can eat fruit, right? And I would say, of course, God wants to help you to navigate and give you, um, unlock those keys. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you that unlocking codependency inside of my life, when I let go of all the world and started crying out to God, of course he wanted to bring that to me. Of course, he wants to help you to unlock why anxiety continues to play. Of course, our great God does. So it's not in this incident, comparing it to the scripture, it's not that God didn't want them to have fruit. It's not that God wants us to live in the dark or live out of the darkness of our past. He wants to transform our life, but to do that, we must do it his way. So then the serpent comes and tells Eve a lie. You're not going to die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. In other words, The enemy comes to us and says, you don't need to do it God's way. Here's a magic pill for you to take. Here's a magic formula offered in this book. Don't worry. I mean, discipleship, being in God's word every day, that's not really sexy, baby. Here is a magic formula for you to unlock life. And when you do it, you are going to be like a king, right? You're going to be in control of your own healing, right? You can be like God. You can have whatever you want. You'll never have to face a stormy sea. And you can be like God. Verse 6, the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful And its fruit looked delicious. Oh my goodness. When I was reading the marketing copy, I went back and um, looked on Amazon or whatever for the marketing copy that was written for the book Secret. And I was like, it's just like this. The woman was convinced. It convinces us. She saw that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious. When you look inside of what this book, The Secret, is promising, you're like, yeah, I'll take that. I'd love to have that. I would love this in my life. I would love to have peace. I would love to just, you know, say this and and think this way and operate by this law of attraction, which is what they're selling you. And I can get whatever I want. Well, who wouldn't want that, right? Except the word tells us that's not God's way. But the fruit looks delicious. And here's what I want you to see is that we need to be aware. 
we need to be aware of false prophets, the Bible says, who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. And then it says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And so things can look on the outside. Leaders, charismatic people that are leading you to and telling you, we're going to unlock these secrets for you so that you can be successful and so that you can soar. And, and just for record here, it's not that God doesn't want you to succeed in life or navigate through things, but he wants you to do it his way. Why? Because the enemy's lure is linked to danger. And you have to make a decision. What kingdom am I going to stand under? Darkness or light? Darkness or light? And I firmly believe that we can open ourselves up to a door that the enemy has for us by saying, you know what? God's ways didn't work for you. I've got another tree for you to eat from. Come over here. And when you do, you're never going to suffer. You're never going to experience anxiety. You'll never, ever struggle again in your entire world. In other words, the enemy's like, here's your secret knowledge. God has been holding out on you. Look at your life. You're still a people pleaser. You're still struggling with that generational sin. You are still doing all this. Here's the magic pill. It's a formula. And it's in this secret knowledge. You know, you and I, and you might think, my goodness, like get on your soapbox, Aline. You know what? I'm... I'm really passionate about this because of how much the Word of God, when I opened up room for the Holy Spirit and just started walking by faith, how it transformed my life. But also, the other reason why I'm passionate about this is because, you know what, this is how um, cults are formed this is how people get uh, in, in the trap of spiritual abuse. It is that lure of secret knowledge. Cults operate this way. They promise people we've got secret knowledge that nobody else has. Like, you know, for example, about the end times. Um, for the Mormon church, it was this is really how you get to heaven. We've got the real gospel, not, not the church today. We've got this insider tract. And there's this lure that people are willing to give up their free will to have somebody else lead them. And the same thing happens inside of churches. There could be a very... Um, charismatic leader inside of a church. And we think that power to navigate through life, it's in another person. And if this person is promising us, hey, I've got three steps 
and it's going to unlock your life forever. Or um, I have uh, this this um, this way to pray, these prayers you can pray, and it's going to unlock all these things inside of your life. You beware. One of the things that I taught my children, and praise God that I had um, a BSF teaching leader who taught me this as well, is that we need to be grounded in the word so that we can discern. Is this the truth of what is being taught to me? Is this the truth? And I, I teach, I taught my children this. We would go out to lunch after, uh, you know, church, and we would talk about the sermon And we would talk about it in a way not to where we were giving the pastor this blind pass, right? And that's that's what we do sometimes. We give them a blind pass like everything that they say is truth. No, you've got to understand that Jesus wants to reveal secrets to you. And it is, you have that within you. So you can go to God through his word. You can ask him for your next step to take. If you're struggling with something, you can go to him. You don't need an outside person. And when we don't believe that we have the capacity for that power on our own, that's when the enemy can come in with a secret bait. You know, I um, enter, I'll never forget this. And if you've been listening to my podcast, you've probably heard this story before, but um, I began to become interested in the Mormon church because when you turn out of my neighborhood, there is um, a Mormon church that's right there in front of the, um, on the street where I pull out of. And um, I started thinking to myself, if one of the, Mormon evangelist, if they came to my door one day, would I know how to talk to them? I didn't even really know what they believed. And I started looking to it and and I was like blown away. And I'll never forget interviewing a woman who was in a polygamist um, cult. And we were talking about the history of the Mormon church. And in particular, we were talking about when Joseph Smith said, you know what, I heard from God, and God wants me to, um, to, to start to have a, you know, the, to, to restart the Old Testament practice of, of polygamy, okay? So Joseph Smith started it, and then Brigham Young continued it, and I think, I can't remember the exact number, but I know it was over 40, that Brigham Young had over 40 wives, and I asked her, I was like, I don't understand. Like, it fascinated me. Why are, like, what, how do people, like, get entrapped with this and follow cults? Like, who would sign up for, yes, I want to be one of 40 wives? Do you know what I'm saying? Not me. And what she said to me, I will never forget. She said, they were not reading the Bible for themselves. See, the truth about it is, if you're a believer, you've already got the keys to the secrets to unlock life. You do. But it is the enemy that comes in and tells you, well, 
you don't really, like God didn't say, and look at your life. I don't really see the transformation inside of your life, and he tricks you. And when that happens, we can, we can reason, maybe God's ways don't work. Let me open myself up to the ways of the world and what the world offers. You know, in the book of 1 John, um, it was going on back then. There were people that pulled away from the Christian church and they were setting up these, these false beliefs. And all over the book of 1 John, you hear him warning, like, stay away from idols. And listen to what he says here in 1 John in 1 John. 226 through 27 it says i'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray now let's just pause right there and let's talk about people that promise us all these things you know which i believe that the enemy is using a desire within them, right? Tempting them. And what is that desire? Why do people want us to be led astray? Well, one of the primary reasons is they want to be followed. Do you know what I'm saying? They want power. Um, in Acts chapter 20, Paul, before he leaves um, his you know, group of Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, we know that he started the church, he discipled that church, and he's getting ready to leave them to go to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 20. I believe this is verse 24. But Paul starts bawling, crying, he's sad, and he says, I know that there's going to be people that rise up among you. So, and he was speaking to the elders of the church. So it wasn't like these people are going to be from the outside. No, it was the elders in the church. And he said, these people are going to rise up to distort the truth to gain a following. So I think that's one of the primary reasons is that people, they want to be followed and they want power. And, you know, when you're writing, um, even when you're writing like, material for um like to to sell a book or whatever they're always promising you this quick fix this magic way this secret way right because that's what's going to sell books and people want that popularity they want people to follow them right because it feeds that need of of significance or whatever. So it says, I'm writing these things to you, back to that passage in 1 John. I'm writing these things to you to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But if you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and he teaches and what he teaches is true it is not a lie so just as he has taught you remain in fellowship with Christ now to me that scripture is saying that because I have the Holy Spirit that Jesus can teach me he can unlock um, help me navigate through give me 
wisdom inside of life. And because of that, I don't need another teacher. Now, I put myself under strong biblical teaching. That's definitely a part of my walk. But if you're operating, but I also stay in the word every single day and let the Lord Jesus teach me. Because that is a way, not only not only is that the way for lasting transformation, but it is a way to protect you from the enemy's lure from other people. Does that make sense? Because if God is satisfying that need in me for secret knowledge, then I'm not like dependent on latching upon a person, looking for a person to lead me. And see, the enemy can tempt those who are in leadership, can play on their desires to want to be bestsellers and all this sort of thing like that. And, and they will tell you, we have the secrets to unlock the kingdom. And you know what? If you're a believer, what this scripture is saying is that you've already got that. You've already got that. Um, inside of the Bible, inside of Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins his teaching uh, ministry inside of parables. And one of the things that he says to his disciples when he's talking to them in parables, and the first parable that he teaches with, this is in Mark chapter 4, also in Luke chapter 8, is the parable um, of the sower and the seed. And this is what he says. He explains that um, the seed is the word and that the seed is scattered and that it lands on different types of soil. And depending on what type of soil the seed landed on, that determined what kind of harvest there was going to be. There was seed that fell on the path and the birds took it away. There was seed that fell on the rocky soil. That sprung up quickly and then the sun scorched it and it died. And then there was seed that fell on the weedy soil and the weeds choked out the seed. But then there was seeds that fell on the good soil and that's the soil that produced the harvest. So he starts out teaching in in that parable. And when he's teaching, he's teaching not only to his disciples, but he's also teaching to the crowd. Then in verse 10, it says, later when Jesus was alone with his 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. Okay, so listen to this. Verse 11, he replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. And then Jesus goes on to explain to his disciples exactly what the seed and the sower meant. We'll get into that in a minute. But then afterwards, Jesus says this. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, 
even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. And so the first thing that we see is that Jesus reveals truth to believers, but hides truth from unbelievers. That's what the word says. I'm going to reveal these secrets to you, right? But I'm going to teach in parables so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So Jesus reveals truth to believers, and he hides truth from unbelievers. And then the second thing that we see is Jesus reveals deeper truth to those who respond to the truth. In other words, when he was saying, be careful how you hear, pay attention to what you hear, the the more that you respond, the more that you will receive. And so what we see from this is that understanding divine truth is not a matter of human intellect, but of divine illumination from the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And that is how Jesus reveals secrets to us. This is God's way. This is God's way. It is for us to press into Him and to hear the truth and then to respond to that truth. And I cannot tell you what a difference this made in my life where I stopped reading books and I started diving into the word in a meditative approach where really I started chewing on a passage of scripture for a whole week. And when I quieted all the noise from all the outside ways and all the keys, and I just said, Lord, I want you to teach me first, God began to throw me seed. And it was like it began to come together. And as I took the next step of faith, then he would give me another step to take. And so forth and so on. And that, that is how lasting transformation happens. That is how we unlock secrets inside of our life. Inside of the uh, this passage, it said that the disciples got alone with Jesus. And so, unless I get alone with him and ask him to teach me and listen to him, I'm not going to unlock secrets. And when we've had trauma inside of our life, when we get frustrated because we can't figure out how to move forward, we start looking outside of the word for answers. And the enemy can use that as bait to get you to open up a door to another area of of darkness, truly, inside of your life. There's someone that I love very much She's a strong believer, but she has opened herself up and to um, New Age, which I completely believe that the demonic is behind that. And you know what? She, like, there was initial um, results that she got from that, 
And she was like, you know what? This really does work. And this really, you know, and it was kind of the same thing like the secret, which is what, I mean, the secret is new age, right? And so there was this initial um, blessing, right? That, that, well, I shouldn't even say it's a blessing, but an, an initial reward, right? And at first, everything started going great. And, but you know what? She, I saw her recently and she is not in a good place. She is not in a good place. And I started thinking about how crafty the enemy is and how much he is using the noise inside of the world to tell us, you know what, God's, God's way, did God really say you shouldn't read this book? And he's promising us this magic pill, this magic formula that can fix our life where Jesus's way, it is that lasting transformation. It is being inside the word of God every day. And you know what else it is? It is repeated practice to responding to the truth. In other words, God will give you God will give you like open doors, like he will give you storms in your life to be able to surrender to his word so that you can see his power prevail inside of your life. And and the problem is is that really like God's ways you know I mean, they're not really like shiny and sexy. And I mean, you know, it is one day at a time, one step of faith at a time. That's what it is. And that means that I need to stay in my Bible every day. And the the Holy Spirit needs to be my teacher. And that means that I need to surrender. And that, you know, it's, it's not very like, it's not flashy. It's not flashy like all these instant fixes, these magic pills are selling us, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth. And uh, I think that when we are not in the word, that we can open ourselves up to the lure of the enemy. And that can be a dangerous pathway to go on. And I think it's really important for us to have correct expectations because the word also tells us, and we've talked about this, that sanctification, it is a lifetime process. And if you're looking for immediate deliverance from anything, you know, in the Bible, even if you do experience immediate deliverance or like God just really, you know, enlightened you with some truth and it was transformational in your life. I've certainly had that happen, but you know what? You will still need to depend on God every day. And when you let go of these expectations and understand that you don't, like your role, your role is not to try really hard and do everything and figure out your healing, your role is to surrender to God 
and to get alone with him and to listen to him. Now, here's the really cool thing about that parable. So when Jesus explained the parable to his disciples, he was explaining that the um, the seed on the pathway represented um, where the enemy would come and take the seed away, okay? And then, and then it talked about the seed on the rocky soil, which was those that hear the word at first, they rejoice over it, and then persecution or hard times come, and then they die. And then the third kind was the weedy soil where the soil got choked out. But then the other kind of soil was a soil that produced a harvest. And the word says um, that they produced a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as has been planted. And so most theologians believe that um, the first three types of soil, the soil on the pathway, the rocky soil, and the weedy soil, those are all hearts of unbelievers. And then the other three soils, which you might be saying, no, wait a minute, there's only one other soil. There's actually three, right? Because it was soil that produced a harvest, but it was 30, 60, 90. So there's there's really six types of soil that Jesus is teaching about here. But those last three soils, that belongs to the born-again believers. And the reason why most theologians say that is because it produced a harvest, okay? And I agree with that because when you look inside of Luke's version of this parable, um, what Luke says about this, he says it's a good-natured heart. It's a responsive heart. And the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 36 that God has given every new believer a new heart. Listen to what it says. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. So I I totally agree with William Worsberry and all the other fabulous commentators that I love to dive into when I study. I believe that that last um, picture of the soil with the 30, 60, 90, those are the believers. And, and what I want you to see with that is that the word of God never fails. That when the word of God hits a believer's heart, there will always be harvest. Now, it may not be as fruitful as others because it depends on are you going to respond to that word that the Lord sowed. And I also believe that, and this is my opinion from uh, how I see the word of God, but it is the seed that the farmer sowed. It is the word that God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit as you look into the Bible. What I mean by that is it's not, am I living a perfect life and doing everything exactly right? It is just for today, God. What's my step of faith for today? 
and not knowing it all and trying to do it all, but like a little lamb reaching up to the shepherd. What is my step of faith today? And following it. And see, what happens is, is that you and I can be in the word, but we're trying to like do everything right. We're not making room for the Holy Spirit to speak. And then we have this unrealistic expectation on what lasting transformation looks like. And then we can say, oh my gosh, is the word really working? You know what? God's word never fails. It never fails. If you are a child of God, you have a heart that can produce a harvest. Now, what type of harvest and how big, no, not what type of harvest, but how big of a harvest depends on are you going to surrender to that word? It's one thing to be in Bible study and to get a word from God. It's a whole nother thing to respond to that word. The more that we respond, the more that we will receive. And that is the key to lasting transformation. And somebody may be listening today and they're thinking, you know what? The word doesn't work. I was... I used the word, and then this storm happened in my life. I I was walking in the word, and I'm still struggling with this. You know what? It's time for you to take a step back and ask God to give you revelation and understanding through his word and get quiet with him and then just take the next step. You know, if you want help with that, one of the things that we can offer you, and it's a great way to support um, the podcast and Treasured Ministries, is you can join the Treasured Tribe. And when you do that, you'll gain access to learning the Nourish Bible Study Method, which is the method that I came up with, the one that I'm always talking about, how I hear from God through His Word. You get a Nourish Notebook which is a tool that you can use every week. You have access to our Treasure Tribe Bible studies, and then you've got an online platform that's private. It is not, you know, connected to Facebook or anything else like that of women who are also on the same journey. And we wanted it to be private because we wanted women to be able to be authentic, and the women inside this tribe are real. And things that you wouldn't open up against outside of Facebook, women are opening up here. And not only that, but I do, we do weekly Bible study. I have a weekly Zoom call just just with tribe members. And again, I want you to know you don't need the treasure tribe and you don't need the nourish method. You don't need anything but the Holy Spirit to teach you. But if you want that framework, and it's a great way to support Treasure Ministries. You can go to treasuretribe.com and, and sign up for that today. I want to leave you um, with three action steps, and then I'm going to talk about our podcast for next week. The first is make sure 
that you have the new heart that Jesus promised by surrendering your life to him. You know, the only way that we get a new heart, the heart that can respond, is by giving our life to the Lord. That's it. And if you have been listening today and maybe you are an unbeliever, maybe you're not sure about where your salvation lies, or you're like, you know what? I need that new heart. I mean, I grew up in church. That was my story. I grew up in church. I got baptized the whole nine yards. I didn't become a Christian until I was 22. That's a story for, that's another story for another day. But if you want to explore that, go to our website, treasuredministries.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a little link that says the gospel message. Click on that, and I've written um, a story and lots of scriptures that can lead you through that. And then if you need help, reach out uh, to our staff, and and somebody would be glad um, to walk you through that process. So the first thing is, Get your new heart. The only way you can get a new heart to be able to respond and have the lasting transformation is for you to become a child of God by surrendering your life uh, to the Lord. The second thing is this. Stay in the Bible daily. Every day with the Lord as your primary teacher. And again, if you don't have a way to do that, you want to check out the way that I do it and do it with a group of women, go to treasuredtribe.com. We've also, we also just launched our app, which has been another great way where we're building community. So um, if you want a methodology for how you do that, and it's also a great way to support our podcast, go to treasuretribe.com and sign up. The third thing is this, surrender. Surrender. Surrender to what the Lord is sowing into your life right now. You know, when we talk about salvation, uh, and I think I've been guilty of this too, I think sometimes, you know, we want to like, we want people to come to know the Lord so much that we don't really talk about counting the cost. You know what I'm saying? Now, Jesus did that. When you look at his ministry, it's so wild because when Jesus started out, like there were crowds following him and all of that. We get to the very end of his ministry. There's people yelling, crucify him. Uh, The crowds have dwindled, so forth and so on. And that's because, you know, the way of the Lord, the way of lasting transformation is that you can't be king anymore. You can't call the shots. But the promise of that is the fruit. It is this priceless transformation. It is this confident. You wouldn't believe the confidence that I have now after walking through my crash, experiencing codependency, and it was, it's like I had a stroke and had to learn how to walk with the Lord a new way, you know? Uh, sometimes that has to happen in our life. We have to get broken down to be built back up. But when you begin to walk with the Lord and you experience that fruit inside of your life, it is real. 
And it's better than whatever the world offers us. It's the peace that passes understanding. And it's this confidence. And the confidence for me comes with this, is that I no longer have to depend on a person. God will lead me. If I'm in a storm, I've got a navigator. Lord, I can come to God and this morning, I felt so overwhelmed about some stuff. I came to God and I prayed. And I'm telling you, God met me right in his word. And so when you have that source as your navigator, when you have God as your sole source to teach you, then you are not going to be bait anymore for the enemy's schemes. And whether it's the lure of secret knowledge or someone is luring you into a relationship because they're promising you protection or whatever it is, you get confidence, you get Godfidence, and you get what we call in Treasured Ministries, godly girl power. And that is so much better than anything that the book, The Secret, or anything else out there in the world is promising you. Now, God is right there, and He's reaching out His hand, and He wants to lead you. Hey, um, I want to talk to you about what we're going to be podcasting on next. I'm going to do a two-part series on the codependent and the narcissist. So if that interests you, definitely stay tuned in for next week. If you've got friends that are involved in a narcissistic relationship, invite them to come on. And hey, if you're enjoying the Live Treasured podcast, I'd love for you to go to iTunes and rate us, write us a review, because that helps other women to find God's truth that we teach here through this podcast. Happy spring to you all. Here's to God's lasting transformation and new life.